Welcome to the Intentional Encourager podcast, where each episode brings you compelling conversations and stories designed to entertain, enlighten, and encourage. And now here's your host, Brian Sexton. Hey everybody, Brian Sexton. You know what's really important to me when I do business with a company is trust and transparency. I've been telling you now for a good while about my buddy Damon Burton and his company, SEO National, because trust and transparency are just as important to them. You know, for the last 15 years in the search engine optimization space, they have been leading the way and serving people tremendously well. Now, for those of you that don't know what SEO is, it stands for search engine optimization. It helps you show up higher on Google searches so that folks that are looking for what you have find you quicker. And you know what's really encouraging? More revenue, more sales, growing your business. Do me a favor, get in touch with Damon and his team today at SEO National at 855-736-6285 or go to seonational.com and get your free quote and tell him you heard it on the Intentional Encourager podcast. I hope you're ready because here comes a dynamite conversation on the Intentional Encourager podcast. And welcome into the Intentional Encourager podcast. I'm your host, Brian Sexton. Thank you for joining us again today. Hey, back in the studio. We've done some podcasts on the road. And as you can see, back in the in the home dig. So uh, we're enjoying that. And this is so cool. Today on the Intentional Encourager podcast, we are reaching across the pond, as they say. And I have a lovely young lady from the great nation of England on the podcast. Now, as we record this, you will have no noticeable difference in the times. So you, you can watch or listen to this anytime you want to. But for us, we're dealing with a five-hour time difference. And as, it, as many of you know who have regular listeners and viewers of the Intentional Encourager podcast, we've had people from on from all over the world. And today we go to the nation of England and we talk to author, speaker, coach. She has written a new book called Indestructible Faith, Prayers for Prompts and Journaling. There's a free challenge to go along with that. So we're going to tell you about that here in a little bit. But right now, it is such an honor and a privilege to have my guest all the way from England, Lauren Roskilly, joining me on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Lauren, how are you today? Hi, Brian. I'm great. Thank you so much for having me here. It's good to be here. This may be a little bit of a language barrier because I'm in West Virginia, hillbilly dialect here, and you're in England with that beautiful British accent. We we may or may not have a language barrier. If there's a translator out there in the audience that can translate, they can go from hillbilly to, to British English uh, it, it would be most grateful, but we're going to do our best this this today to, to bring you a great conversation. Lauren, let's start here. I don't know how things have been where you are. I, we, we, we hear bits and pieces and news and things like that, like, like you do all over the world. And again, if, if you focus a lot of time and watching the news, it can be it can be challenging to say the least you know, with, with everything going on around the world. Take me through the last couple of years as our world has changed around this, this COVID-19 pandemic. And I've been starting here and asking these quest, this question for almost two years now. But it, it I want to know different people's perspectives around what we've gone through collectively as a world the last two years. So, Take me to your perspective and, and what you and your family have kind of gone through the last couple of years around this pandemic. Wow. Um, yes, it's it's been an interesting few years, isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, there's been, well, thankfully, my kids and I have managed to avoid it. Um, my son is asthmatic, so we're very careful um, with the anti-back and the masks and isolating when we need to and following the rules so um that's been very important for myself and my kids um i have had a few family members who have gone gone down with covid um but have recovered too um so that's fine but there's been 
plenty of people in my local area and on the news, as you well know, that have people that haven't been so, um, well, I don't really want to use the word lucky, but um, yeah. No, that's but, appropriate. Uh, no, I mean, I mean, I know what you're saying there. It's, you know, it, it is, I'm curious around those people that are naturally that naturally have breathing issues anyway you mentioned your son who's asthmatic uh, i have a son who is on the the back end of being asthmatic he's 21 and and we've treated it since he was a baby because he was born early you know so you do have those concerns you do have those those worries and, and things like that what is a lesson that you believe you'll take from this. And again, you, you said, and I think we've all tried to be a little more cautious, you know, around, you know, making sure that, you know, when we're sick, we're, we're staying away from people. At least I, at least I've tried to do that. You know, if I'm, if I'm not, cause I, I you know, and I don't mean to hijack the conversation. I used to be the kind of person that would be like, if I've got a little cold, I'm going to go to work anyway. I'm just going to power through. You know, I got to be here. I got to do what I got to do to, to, to maintain. And I think now we're all a little more cautious. Like, you know, maybe it's not a good idea to, you know, maybe just stay in for a couple of days and just let this thing take its course for you. Is there a particular lesson that you learned through this, that when we come out of it, that you'll carry on past COVID? Well, just to um, reflect on what you just said there, it's we don't realise how much, um, well, our lifestyle has changed because of it. But I remember when I was a kid, I used to get sent to school all the time with colds and coughs and things. But to think of doing that now is just, well, we just wouldn't do that, would we? Because we've, I know there's other viruses and stuff out there, but it all always people are like oh have you got covid <laughs> you have a little cough because you've got a dry throat in the supermarket and people back away <laughs> i was on an airplane the other day lauren this is that's so funny that you mentioned that i was flying to to washington dc and for some reason i had my mask on on the plane and for some reason i got a little tickle in my throat and I grabbed my jacket to kind of muffle the noise. I thought, if somebody hears me cough, this whole plane is going to start freaking out. You know, like, you know, or, and, I, and I thought to myself, are federal marshals going to come on the plane and escort me off the plane because I, I got something in my throat? You're right. It's, it's amazing the things that we're sensitive to now that before... We wouldn't, I love, I'm glad you brought, no one's really brought that up since I've asked that question about the, the sensitivity to things. So, so let's pivot and go there for just a second. I, I love where you just naturally took us there. Lauren, in your community, what are you seeing in your community? Because in the United States, we get glimpses at London and, and Edinburgh, Scotland, and and we get glimpses at major European towns, capitals of countries and things like that. It's not like it is in the United States where, and I'm sure it's the same way in England. In the U.S., we, we know what's happening in major cities across the country or if news breaks in certain areas, we know what's going on. But when we talk about overseas, we, we're really just seeing what happens in the, in the large metropolitan cities. So take me to what's happening in your community. What have you noticed? What have you seen in your local community, either that uplifts you and encourages you or gives you a little bit of pause? Um, well, I think it's really just everyone's become very mindful of each other. Um, like back to what I said a minute ago, it's like I had a dry cough, for instance, and I was fine. I'd done a test that morning. So I do a test like lateral flow before I leave the house or go to church or go anywhere. Um, so I knew I was clear, but I had a cough and I just like, you know, I'm just gonna put my mask on just to put other people's minds at rest because they don't know that I've done a test that morning. It, do you know, it's just common courtesy really. And I think that, um, like every shop that we go to, I mean, 
they've lifted the laws of having to wear masks in all the shops now. Um, but I think a lot of people have carried on doing it just out of not necessarily for their own self, but for protecting other people. Um, it's like on buses as well. People are putting down their masks on, even though we don't have to. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I can't speak for everyone else, but I'd hate to be responsible to pass anything on to anybody else. Um, and for that, I, I couldn't live with myself. Well, so and, ag- and again, you, you, make, you make a really good point. You know, before this, all of this hit, we would say, okay, well, you know, I had a little cold or I had a little something and, you know, I might have passed it on to somebody and they might have gotten a cold or something like that. It didn't seem like, you know, it's like, okay, you know, I know you didn't mean to do that. With COVID, it feels like there, there seems to be a greater weight of responsibility. Yeah. Like the weight of responsibility is just like, oh my word. And, 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 you know, here's what I would say to that. And it's not that I'm at a loss for words or anything like that. It is, I don't understand how we have gotten so hypersensitive to, to thinking that way when before we would have said, Hey, you know, like I mentioned a moment ago, I would have said, Hey, I have a small, I have a little cold. You might want to keep your distance. Um, but it's just a little cold or something like that. You you really didn't feel that bearing down weight of responsibility like you feel with COVID. You know, and, and, I, and I'm trying, I, I struggle sometimes with figuring out why and how we get back to those days where everything just wasn't so weighted. I want to get your thoughts around just the weight because... You know, something that you you sent me and, and a word you used, and we'll get into your story here in a little bit, you used the word resilience. And I would love to see us as a world come back to a, being a world of resilience. Talk about that for just a minute about how important resilience is around because you mentioned the laws lifting and things like that, yet people still feeling that that bearing weight of responsibility. So how do we go from responsibility to resilience? That's the question I want to ask. Okay, I suppose, well, yes, we have responsibility. And yes, there is situations like COVID. Um, Yeah, I suppose we've, the world at the moment well not at the moment it's life isn't it part of Mm -hmm. life we've got situations difficulties problems um and so we will have that and we will encounter that i mean it, it we will all the time we're on this earth that will happen and so that's why i think resilience is so 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 important and it comes back to the mindset and knowing and accepting that that is in fact part of life. Um, And, you know, it's about dealing with those situations and difficulties and worries and stresses in perhaps a different way. Like for instance, some people, or for instance, myself in the past, the stress would come up and it would be like, oh gosh, oh, everything's stressy and all like, you know, panicky, worried. And then it can even affect you physically as well. You can come up in sickness and illnesses and, you know, resilience is important. So we can deal with those situations and worries when they arise. Um, well, you, you're, you're going, I love where you're going here, Lauren, because it feels like that personal responsibility. Now people feel like, well, I not only have to be responsible for myself, I have to be responsible for everyone else around me. 
And to your point, that can be such a huge weight on people's shoulders. Whereas before it's like, okay, I need to make sure my family's okay. I need to make sure I'm okay. It was, it was confined to the circle of people around you instead of, you know, okay, if I don't put my mask on, um, you know, we, we've been, and I don't mean to make this political, but I, I think you're, you're really diving into something and that is the, the extra layers can add those stressors where in times past, we haven't felt that kind of stress in our lives before, because it was just, okay, I'm going to protect me and my family. Now the, the messaging has been, oh, if you don't do this, you're hurting other people you don't even know. And it's like, well, I don't want to be that person. To your point just a minute ago, I don't want to be that person that hurts somebody else. That can be such an incredible burden and weight on someone's shoulders. And I know you dealt with that before with depression and other things like that. And again, I promise we will dive deeper into that. But I believe that's what's causing a lot of these these things to creep into people's lives that they've never had to deal with before. When we think about that, let's go here for just a second, then we'll pause and take a break. How important is it to you to maintain an attitude and a level of encouragement within yourself? Because you've really overcome some powerful things in your life. To, to get to where you are. And, and I can see a lot of the things that you dealt with. They're, they're not the same things, but there's a lot of similarities with what other people are dealing with today. So how do you keep yourself encouraged when all the, the talk around you is you've got to protect other people. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. I, I hope that made sense with that question, but you just, you, you so beautifully led us to this point and I, and I just wanted to dive there a little bit deeper just for a minute um i think the word that popped up in my head um as we've just been talking about this is overthinking like yes we have a responsibility we have a responsibility for other people our families even ourselves um when it comes to well covid and well anything else really um, but then that resilience comes in, I think, when we stop overthinking about things, because there, there's that there's that line, there's that boundary, and it's recognizing, yes, our responsibilities, but our minds, I, I mean, I've met some people um, who have really struggled with that perhaps responsibility and worry of getting or giving COVID to other people. And that stems from overthinking that they're thinking about it too much to the point where it's rattling them and bothering them and robbing them of their peace. And so we need to learn how to curb that overthinking. And by doing that, we can build up resilience. Um, but again, that's not taking away the responsibilities that we have too. So there is a balance that we need to have. No, I love <laughs> that. And, 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 and you do, and, and overthinking can be a paralyzing thing. Mm. You know, people can paralyze themselves by overthinking a lot of times. I love that. Let's step aside, take a break. That leads us perfectly into what we're going to talk about when we come back. And that is your new book that comes out, Indestructible Faith, Prayers for Prompts and Journaling. So we're going to talk about Lauren's new book when we come back. And later we'll dive into her incredible story. I, we're going to make this segment a little bit shorter after we come back from break because I want to leave plenty of room for Lauren to tell her powerful story. My guest is author speaker, coach, Lauren Roskilly. And she joins me here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. You come back in just a moment. Hey, 
Hey, everybody, Brian Sexton here. The new year is upon us, and you may be sitting there thinking, hey, I would really love to pay off some debt, or I would like to save for that dream vacation. Maybe you want to buy a new car. Whatever it is you want to do financially in the coming year, let me give you a great piece of intentional encouragement and something to think about that might help you do it. Products for Profit. Now, this is a course taught by my good friend Joe Hart, who's been a guest on the Intentional Encourager podcast and has told his story how reselling changed his life. And you know what, folks? It could do the same thing for you too. It's really simple. Reselling is basically buying a product and then reselling it online for more money. And Joe is going to take you through the steps and show you how to do this either part-time or maybe as some of his students have done, take this full-time as well. Go to coachjoe89.gumroad.com backslash L backslash premium PFP. And oh, by the way, this group is going to help you find leads of products that are profitable right now, give you all kinds of great intentional encouragement, and you're going to be surrounded by a community of people that are going to want to see you be successful in the reselling game. Again, go to coachjoe89.gumroad.com backslash L backslash premium PFP and tell him you heard about it on the Intentional Encourager podcast. And now let's get back to more great conversation here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Lauren, let's talk about your new book. I was I was an author in in December of 2020 when my new book came out. And so yours is coming out very soon. It's called Indestructible Faith, Prayers for Prompts and Journaling. Take me through the story and, and walk me through the journey of, of how your book came about, what, what prompted you to write it. And tell me, take me a little bit into that, in, into kind of behind the scenes of that process. Um, yeah, again, like with the first one, it was God's prompting. Um, I've learned over the years since coming out of that depression, coming closer to him, that it's his perfect, his purpose, his will and his timing are most important. So I've learned to listen to him and his guidance. And yeah, he asked me to do this book. So um, it's kind of like, well, it stems from what I learned. So both the books are how, uh, almost like the steps that I took in getting from where I was to where I am now and onwards. I'm not saying that because that's, I'm saying onwards because it's not the end of the journey. It's we, we constantly on a journey until we leave this earth, we're on that journey. Did you ever feel like that you were going to be, I mean, and, and maybe that's, I'm kind of jumping the gun with question. Did you ever feel like while you were going through that, that a book was even possible for you to do? I mean, because some people are like, I, I just had someone on recently, it took her seven years to write her book. And it was like, do I do it? Time, things like that. And, and we all battled. It took me three and a half years to, to get my book done. What was it like for you? Did you know right away when you felt that prompting from the Lord? Did you know right away, this is what I have to do and I'm prepared to do it? Or was there, okay, God, you've got to help me. You've got to walk me through this because I have no idea. Because it's either what, what I found in my experiences is it's either one or the other. Most people are just like, let's go, let's get it done. Or some people are like, okay, Lord, you've asked me to move a mountain here. Um, yeah, well, I've experienced both of those with both books. So as a result of the first time, this time I learned that I needed to listen to him and act on what he told me to do at the time. But the first one was completely different because I, he'd asked me to write a book and I'd started keeping notes and it was going and I hadn't started it, but I started keeping notes. And then I had such a, um, a, a, I had a pivotal moment in my life, which took me off into the opposite direction. And I became unwell physically, unwell mentally. And it took a few years for me to experience that go through that make 
that change and that submission and re-submit and surrender to God before they before I even started writing the book so there was quite some time I think it was probably two or three years before the first time he asked me to do it and it being published um and yeah well looking back in hindsight I can see now that the enemy was having a good old <laughs> well it's it's real similar to Jonah in in the story in the Bible where God tells him to go to Nineveh and he does everything but go to Nineveh and he ends up in the belly with the Bible calls the belly of a great fish. And, you know, a lot of times and, and, and Lauren, you're hitting on such a great point here. And thank you for doing that is obedience. A lot of times from the spiritual application, when, when God prompts on your heart, speaks to your heart, I want you to do something. Sometimes the, you know, it's easy to be obedient when it's easy to do what God has asked you to do, right? Oh, well, yeah, I can do that and I can be obedient. It's another thing when God asks you to be obedient and there's sacrifice involved and there's pain involved. You mentioned being emotionally and physically unwell during that process. It's not like God doesn't know this is going to happen to us. But it's almost like God says, there's a reason I'm asking you to do this. Yeah, you're going to go through some things, but it's going to be for your own good. And those are the times that I found, at least in my own life, it's been hardest to be obedient. Through that process where you were physically and emotionally unwell, how often or how much did you question what God was asking you to do? Because it's natural. Right. It's it's natural to go, OK, God, why are you taking me through this and asking me to do this? And it's wrecking me emotionally and physically. You know, I thought you cared for me. I thought I was your child. And here I am going through hell and back to do what you've asked me to do. What were those times like for you in that process of, of be, trying to be obedient to the Lord? Um. Well, to be honest, it was it was probably less of Jonah and more of Job, to be honest. <laughs> um, it wasn't that I'd run away from him on purpose because I didn't want to do it. That wasn't the case. Um, I was just trying to, well, I was going through life doing what I was doing. And then I got so ill physically that it affected my mental health. Um, I mean, I didn't leave the house for three and a half years on my own. I spent a good two of those years um, being so ill. I barely even left my local area, didn't even leave the flat very often. And when I did, I had to have someone with me. Half the time I was unconscious um, because I kept blacking out. Um, and yeah, I'd, I'd had my freedom taken away from me. I had everything taken away from me and I was grieving and it went from grief to depression. And I was really feeling sorry for myself. <laughs> I was, I'm just putting it out there. I was, I was so feeling sorry for myself. I felt like I was out of control of my situation. I didn't have any power or control over it. I, I literally didn't and I couldn't do anything about it. Uh, my kids were looking after me, so I felt like a burden. I felt like I couldn't be the mum that I wanted to be. Um, I had my driving licence taken away from me because, well, I'd only been driving for three months because that was something that I couldn't do because of the, the condition that I had. I say had past tense, so we'll, I don't know if we'll get to that, but um, yeah, I have been healed now. But that was a condition I had for 24 years. Do and you feel like that? I've got, forgive me, please. I've got to go here for a second. Could you have, how, how would you have reacted if you could have been dropped now? Lauren, Lauren Ross Kelly, 2022. If you could have gone back and walked into your flat 
and seen yourself then. Do you think you could have ministered to you then in that situation with what you know now? And I hope that I'm asking that question correctly because there have been times in my life I, I said I would love to go back in time. You know, when I first got married, I've been married for 25 years. I would love to go back in time and just smack myself across the face and go, you're about to marry the most incredible woman in the world and you don't even know it. You don't know how she's going to stand by you. You don't know how she's going to love you and support you in no matter in, in everything that you do and walk with you through good times and bad. You have no clue. You know, you need to get a clue. Do you think you could have done that and ministered to yourself in that moment? And how would you have ministered to your to yourself if you could have walked into the room and and sat next to Lauren? going through what you went through from grief to depression, how would you have ministered to yourself? Wow. So I was, my coaches asked me to do my first YouTube video in answering that question. So that's my first YouTube video. I was ministering to myself five years ago. Um, so yeah, I definitely could. I mean, that journey that, I went on that valley or the pit, but that all those negative words, which I thought that place was that I was in was horrific. And I didn't like it one bit. And I even, so a few times I even said, God, what is my purpose? What is the point of this? I don't know why I'm fed up. I'm, I, I'm useless. There's nothing. <laughs> And I felt that at the time, but like I said, hindsight is incredible. I can see now that that was part of the journey that I needed to be on. Yes, it was painful, but that pain has turned into my purpose now. And so I would say to her or anyone going through that pain or that valley, to well firstly it's okay not to be okay because I was giving myself grief at the time thinking that I'm meant to be a Christian I'm not allowed to feel that that way that that was one thing so I'd reassure her or that person that it's okay to feel that way secondly God can see you and can meet you exactly where you are right now please reach out to him he knows what you're thinking. He knows your situation. He just wants you and he wants you to look at him. So it's the whole taking, turning your mindset around. And that's the, that's why the name of my ministry is mindful of Christ, because for, for that reason, it's like, what is your mind full of? So saying to that girl, what is your mind full of? Is it full of that negative? those limiting beliefs, those beliefs that are stopping you and keeping you still, it, or is it full of yourself and just all that horrid, negative, dark place, or is your mind full of Christ? Wow, that is so powerful. Yeah, it's making that shift and making that focus, but it's it has to be an intentional thing. It has to be. There's no question. And I love that 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 is a great place to, to hop off and take a break. But what is your mind full of? And I've told people, Lauren, I said this this morning. I saw a post and someone said, you know, I, I, I need some grace today. And, and I responded back. Those are the days that you need to encourage yourself the most. You can't pour into other people, even if you're a mom, a dad, a, a leader, a coach, whatever. It's, it, it's impossible to pour into others from an empty bucket. Mm -hmm. You can't do it. it it's like this, this tea that I have. I can't pour, I, I can't give someone else a drink and pour it into another cup if there's nothing in this cup to, to pour from. 
And I love what you said. What is your mind full of? If it's full of encouragement, then guess what? You're going to be encouraged and you're going to, you're going to be able to, it's not, I'm not saying that, that the day is just going to be sunshine and roses mm -hmm. and you're going to walk barefoot across fields of lilies. I'm not <laughs> saying that yeah. it's even if you're walking barefoot and it's full of thorns, you know, that you're protected, you know, that everything's okay. I just got to get from point A to point B and then I'm going to be okay. And I can do that. And so I love that. What is your mind full of? That is so powerful. Let's step aside, take a break. When we come back, we're going to dive deeper into Lauren's story. You're going to want to hear what God brought her through and how she's using that to encourage others. Folks, there may be somebody walking through something similar to this. This is why you don't want to miss this conversation with author, speaker, coach, Lauren Ross Kelly. Come back and join us here in just a moment on the Intentional Encourage podcast. Hey, everybody, Brian Sexton. I want to take a moment and tell you about my friend Harry Spate and his new book, Selling with Dignity. Harry has taken an age-old concept of sales, and he's put a new twist to it, and I love the direction that he's taken with Selling with Dignity. And here's what's encouraging about Harry's book. Instead of viewing people as numbers and machines, salespeople are now given the tools and the encouragement to be dignified in their approach. Here's what Harry says. He says, selling is an honorable profession when it's done right. When sellers feel Feel they are valuable and have integrity and respect. This opens the door for better conversations and eventually relationship. This book puts an end to sleazy sales tactics and proves why selling with dignity can be done and it leads to massive success. And I couldn't agree more. Go to sellingwithdignity.com, get your copy today. And if you want Harry to sign it, he'll do that for you. Again, go to sellingwithdignity.com and pick up your copy today of the new book by Harry Spate, Selling with Dignity. And now let's get back to more great conversation here on the Intentional encourage your podcast. Lauren, let's dive now into your story. And I wanted to save time for your story because again, what God's brought you through, what you've overcome is very powerful. I'm going to do my very best to step out of the way and just let you tell your story and just let people hear it in your own words. I may jump in with a question or two you know, asking you to dive a little deeper, but again, I want you to just take your time and just tell your incredible story. And again, you know, I, I maybe my voice is just choking you up at the moment. I don't know. <laughs> if you're watching on you, if you're watching on YouTube, I, I was I was setting Lauren up, and and she was she's trying to get there, and, and she had to take a little sip of water, and it's perfectly fine. That's why we do what we do. You know, Lauren, I've been drinking tea the whole time we've been talking here, whether it's caught on camera or not. So go ahead and dive in with your story. I love it. The, 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 this is the Intentional Encourager podcast, folks. This is what we do. So Lauren, I, I would love to tell for you to tell your story. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, apologies about that. Um, Don't apologize. It's 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 organic conversation. It's conversation in the moment. It's it's a it's part of what we do. So, yeah, yeah. No, it's fine. Yeah, the little dry boat. Um, yes. Yeah, so, because of that initial, so I mentioned about being intentional. Um, obviously looking back or at the time even I didn't know what I was doing but looking back and seeing the past two three years I could see the journey and the process and and it was it really was um like I said I didn't have a clue that's what it was at the time but so I got to that point where I was done a trying to be in control and b trying to be in control or wanting to be in control of the things that i couldn't be so and of being fed up of the situation that i was in um physically emotionally mentally 
and I decided well I shouted I called out to God I literally crying and I asked him to help me I was done and I just wanted to give him everything because I'd I'd been a born again Christian for coming up to 17 years now but there were obviously certain areas of my life which I hadn't given to him or that I kind of wanted to be in control of I, I didn't realize that I needed to give him my all I, sh I probably should have I probably knew in my mind but not in my heart but I decided one day to just give him everything and I let him in I let him in and I let go of that control I'm talking about that like, we have different areas of our lives we have our um relationships we have our health we have um work we have our spiritual side we have there are so many different areas of our lives and we need to give him all of it and he wants all of us too and so I decided to do that and just keep my eyes focused on him get to know him more and build my relationship with him and yeah I was intentional with that I, I needed to be because it wasn't in my nature I mean obviously I had my prayer time I spent time with God I spent time reading the word I went to church I did Bible study I did all that but he wanted all of me and more of me and I wanted more of him so I was intentional about making that happen and so it started with setting the alarm every morning and making sure I was praying and reading the Bible before I even got out of bed and started my day. I made that a habit and Dr. Caroline Leaf, she's a, she's a Christian, but she's a, she's a neuroscientist and she says it takes 62 days to create a habit. Now I know it says online and other places it's 21, but it's actually in fact 62. So we need to be doing, the more we do things, we can intentionally do it more. So say for 62 days, it can then develop into our own habits. So with the uh, praying and Bible reading, I did it for a certain amount of time. And then it's now comes naturally. So now when I wake up in the morning before I've even opened my eyes I'm praying to God and then when I open my eyes I reach out and I'm reading the word of God and that's all and then I spend time listening to him too and throughout my day I'm asking him oh I'm asking him to make when I make decisions or what does he want me to do now and yeah I really just wanted to get to know him more and that's how I did it and so being intentional was important with that and so yeah it was a journey and as I reached out to him I I mean he was always there but it felt like he became closer to me too and so that's when his purpose came about too and as I grew closer to him my resilience and my confidence increased and improved mm. as well and so I can like whereas before if something happened I'd be like oh no <laughs> and be really worried or upset well and and you had dealt with a lot of that because and you knew what you knew what that looked like and it's funny that you, it's not funny that you say that, but it's ironic that you say that is that you said when I would feel worried or things like that, you really intimately knew what worry and those feelings were like, um, because of, and, and I want to lead you here for just a minute. If I can, you dealt with a condition for 24 years. And so you were really sensitive already to knowing what those feelings were like within you already. 
take me through that part of your life, if you will, because I think that's really powerfully important how you became self-aware dealing with something. Because I'll go here for a second. It's like if someone has dealt with, let's say, an autoimmune disease like lupus or fibromyalgia, I have family members that, that deal with that. If someone has had a heart condition or they, you, you talked about your asthmatic son, those people that deal with those chronic conditions, they know what those times feel like in their bodies physically. They know physiologically, I know when this is starting to attack because I, I know it so well. I know it so intimately, just as you did with the condition that you had for 24 years. And you mentioned how God healed you. Take me through that part of your journey, how it started, some of the things, and I'll let you describe the condition. I could try it, but I would probably butcher it, but I want to let you do that. Walk me through that journey, if you would, Lauren. Okay, so it began when I was 14, um, and I started fainting. Um, so it, I would have an episode between two and probably eight times a day to two, three, four, five times a week. So it was very sporadic and it would happen for months or even years. And then it might ease a little bit and then it will come back and ease and come back. And it was, it's just been like that for 24 years. And I was in and out of hospital test after test done. I didn't get my diagnosis till 2018. Um, so didn't know what it was. And yeah, so every time I it is, and every time I had another episode, I would the amount of times I woke up crying because it was like, oh no, not again. I, I don't want to feel like this. I don't want to be unconscious. I don't want to keep smacking my head. It's limiting and I hated it and yeah so there was times where I'd gone a period of time and then I'd be I don't know in the queue in supermarket and I'd just go and I'd be like oh that hasn't happened for a while and it was like oh here we go again and then it's another season of weeks or months of migraines and being stuck indoors again and you know hospitals and <laughs> it got to the point where even the hospital said yeah unless you're unconscious for more than seven minutes don't bother calling us <laughs> it wow. got to that point so because i was in and out all the time so it got to that point where they said that but how do but, you yeah, know lauren forgive me for jumping in how do you know how long you're unconscious for because you could be you faint you're in a supermarket or somewhere like that you faint you might think to yourself oh it's just been 30 seconds or a minute two minutes and and you could be down five or ten minutes before someone depending on where you are or something like that before someone even gets to you you how did I find that fascinating that the hospital said, unless you've been unconscious for seven minutes, don't bother coming in. You don't know how long you've been unconscious. I mean, is that, is that fair to say that, that when, when those spells happen, it's like, okay, I, I've, and we might call it over in the United States. We might call it, I blacked out something. We'd call it that. Um, I'm just curious how you know, how are you supposed to know with that kind of broad definition, how are you supposed to know when to go get treatment and when to just go, I don't know. You know, was I out for seven minutes? I, who knows? No, I didn't know. I didn't know. And so the majority of the time I had someone with me, like I said, for the last three and a half years of the condition, I had someone with me all the time. So usually my daughter or perhaps a friend um but yeah no there were times where I hadn't had an episode for a while so I started going back out on my own again and I remember this one time on the bus I was coming off the bus and I passed out on the bus 
and yeah I woke up people around me and ambulance was called and it was just like oh no and places like that I had to kind of go with it I had to go into hospital because I couldn't just stand up and walk off <laughs> I, I didn't have a choice um and so I started the last three and a half years I had someone with me and I had a wheelchair as well so because I, li I couldn't even get 10 yards down the road without blacking out so I had to take a chair with me and even then I had episodes I was with my daughter I can give you a few I won't bore you but I gave you a few episodes where I was out with the wheelchair felt those symptoms coming on couldn't get in the chair quick enough and just went um so yeah there was times I had to just be in the chair all most of the time so how, um yeah but that's all past now how do you and let me ask you this because there are those that suffer with those physical conditions to your point that are obvious to everyone you know it it is um maybe someone and not to be not to be insensitive or gross maybe someone has an incontinence issue maybe someone has an issue like that 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 they are just they lose that control you mentioned passing out on the bus and you're like well i, yeah, I couldn't really pass that off because there was an ambulance around me and people around me and they they think there's and and, and naturally and again, I don't want to dismiss that. That's the right reaction to have because you don't know. I mean, you you hope that, you know, you, this this person might have a cardiac issue, something like that, that they need medical attention quickly. You knew what was going on. Nobody else did around you. How did you, and I don't want to be insensitive here, but but this is what I would think. You were used to it. Everyone around you is not. How, when those episodes came, did you bounce back pretty quickly and go, oh, you know, listen, it's a condition I have, causes me to pass out or black out or something like that. How did you keep the fear down of everyone else around you? Because you knew what was happening, but they didn't. Were there, I hope I'm asking that the right way, because my personality would be, if something happened like that to me, like, listen, I'm okay, just go on about your day good you know i'm fine i don't want to draw attention to myself how did you in those times that it happened how were you able to just kind of brush it off and go listen it's a condition you know um or were you able to do that I, i'm i'm curious about that how you went about when those things happened and it was just like i know what's going on i can feel it happening and keeping everyone else around you from not just panicking in alarm is, is that a, a good way to to ask that? Yeah, no, that's fine. I don't mind. Um, so, yeah, like I said, I usually have my daughter or a friend or someone with me. And so if someone stopped, they'll be like, it's okay. She's got a condition. We don't need help, but thank you. Um, or if I came to, then I would then explain, honestly, it's fine. Thank you very much. And I could genuinely tell in myself if I needed medical help as well because there were times I had to go to hospital and get put up on a drip because my blood pressure was just through the floor um so there were times where I did need that and I just I needed to be I needed to recognize the symptoms and how I was feeling to my know personality I Lauren I would try to make a joke out of it that's just the way that I am and I'm not saying it's a laughing matter if if something like that happened to me I would probably say I just found out I won the lottery or I just found out I became a grandfather or something like that. I'm like, oh, forgive me. I, I just, you know, I won the lottery. Congratulations or something like that. Or I found out I was going to inherit money. That's just the way that I'm wired. How did you keep yourself in those moments? Because you mentioned it a few minutes ago. The, oh no, here it comes. Here it I can feel it. Oh no, here it comes. How did you keep yourself going in those times where you go, when's it going to happen again? And if it does happen again, what's it going to be like? I, I can imagine those questions going, because you've kind of alluded to it. You've kind of dropped those breadcrumbs, so to speak. Like, 
So how did you keep yourself going, not knowing what hour to hour, day by day, week to week would look like with your condition? If I'm honest, I struggled because like, especially when I had an episode, because well, <laughs> the majority of the time, probably nine and a half times out of 10, I would concuss myself. And so I woke up with a headache and it left me, it's not like, oh, I blacked out. Oh, okay. That's okay. I'll get up and carry on with my day. Occasionally that did happen, but not very often. And so it knocks it knocks me for six and i think the um hospital said to me once yeah it's almost like your body's done a marathon so i'm just exhausted i need to sleep and i get cold and shaky and it's yeah it's usually because low blood pressure and so it's just like everything is just like sunken <laughs> and down and it was it just wasn't pleasant and those after effects of one episode could last anything between a couple of hours to a couple of days up to a week just from having one episode and it would take that long to recuperate and i remember after christmas the year before last i had such a bad episode i had a concussion for i think it was 10 weeks i had a migraine i couldn't look at a screen it was just i had to go for mri and it, it was horrible and so I had anxiety then as well about going out, even when I had times where I was starting to get better and I had to deal with that too. Um, but yeah, no, God's amazing. And I, I have overcome all of that. Like, and I haven't come overcome. I, it's funny because I had to overcome the, mental and emotional stuff first before he healed me physically and so I learned that resilience and strength through a relationship and faith in him and CBT um before he healed me physically so I still had episodes but I felt better in my mind and I was able to deal with it better in my mind because of that growth and healing that he led me through. How many concussions do you think you've had? Because I, I, I sit here and, I, and I'm wearing a, a, a Cincinnati Bengals jacket, if you can see, because they're playing in the Super Bowl as we record this on Sunday. In, in the United States, we have been so hyper-focused because football players get five, six, seven, eight concussions in a career. And we've seen in the United States the, the long-term effects of CTE on the brain from football players. How many concussions do you think you have had in your lifetime that you that you could count? Lauren, you if if you hadn't told me you know, Brian, every time that I have one of these episodes, I get a concussion. I would have never known. You don't, it's evident that God has healed your brain because how many concussions do you think you have had in your lifetime? I couldn't, I couldn't tell you. I honestly couldn't tell you. I can't count. <laughs> I don't know. Do you think uh, it's into the hundreds? Possibly could well be. Wow. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but that last, though, those, the times that have really ingrained on in my mind were the last two. Um, so yeah, that they, they were the worst. That was the worst impact. Forgive me for stretching this out a little further, this conversation, but I have to ask because I would miss it if I didn't Okay. take me to the moment where you felt because you just mentioned overcoming the mental part before your physical healing came. Take me to the moment when you started feeling the physical healing and the touch of the Lord on your body and on your mind. It was definitely a process. hundred percent. It wasn't a, Oh great. I'm fixed. 
it, it was a process that we, I say we, God and I worked through together and it was in building that relationship up with him that did that. And when I did that, he, I went through, I went to CBT, I went to counselling, I was even on antidepressants at one point. And, and so it was all part of the process. So I couldn't say one pivotal moment. Um, yeah, so it was, it's literally, uh, we need to ask him, we need to, uh, first we need to accept that's the biggest thing. It's that accepting, okay, this is the situation. Because I thought I'd done that a few times, but I hadn't. <laughs> yeah. I hadn't, but I knew I hadn't because every time I had then had a following episode, it was like, ugh, I was, I was devastated. And so I hadn't fully accepted it from 24 years and it, I couldn't accept it. By the way, the, the condition that Lauren dealt with is called neurocardiogenic neurocardiogenic syncope it's neuro n-e-u-r-o cardio c-a-r-d-i-o genic g-e-n-i-c syncope s-y-n-c-o-p-e neurocardiogenic syncope and again you can do research on that if you feel like you know someone with that condition um someone that that you think, Hey, th this might be happening. Um, that might give you an indicator of what you're dealing with. Um, and so, yeah, it's, uh, a, a very difficult condition. I wanted to make sure Lauren that we talked about that and, and let people know what we were, we were talking about in our conversation. Lauren, my last question for you is, and you've been so gracious with your time, but again, I wanted to definitely make sure we get people always say, what did she have? What did she have? What did she have? It's neurocardiogenic syncope. And I've, and I've, I've kind of heard of that, but, um, thank you for, for spelling that out. Lauren, take me through if someone's dealing with a chronic condition, like you did 24 years, they've dealt with it. Someone says, Brian, Lauren, I've got a chronic condition. You know, I've dealt with it for so long. I've had it for so long. It reminds me of the story in the Bible with, of the woman with the issue of blood, 12 years with an issue of blood. Give folks out there that's dealing with something. I've got somebody on my mind right now. Take me through your biggest piece of intentional encouragement for someone like, for someone like that that's dealing with something that long and that chronically. Take me through your biggest piece of intentional encouragement. It's, I, I do believe it's that if you haven't yet already, that point of acceptance to start off with. Um, yes, God is a healer and he can heal. But sometimes some people aren't so blessed with being healed while they're on this earth. And so acceptance is extremely important and learning how to deal with each, I don't know, episode or the conditions as it is, um, perhaps learning about it and practicing self-care too. Yes, our main focus needs to be on God and we need to have that, but we need to look after ourselves too. It's, it's important to listen to what our body is needing. If you need to sleep, then sleep. If you need to eat, then eat. If you need to stop eating, then stop eating. If you need a bath, if you need a rest, then go do that. It's important that we really listen to what our body and our mind needs. Um, yeah, and God can help you with that. Friends, family, anyone, pastors of the church, if just their local church, there's always someone. Um, and yeah, or get in contact with me. I'm happy to chat. 
Awesome. I, I want to have folks do that. So how can folks contact you, connect with you, um, tell us where they can get the book, you know, take this moment to, to tell folks how they can connect with you and your resources. Okay. So I'm right across social media. So Instagram, YouTube, um, Facebook as mindful of Christ. Um, I and also on Facebook, there is a, a private Facebook group. Um, so it's safe space to share, um, to have prayer requests. There's scriptures and verses and quotes of encouragement, um, articles, videos, free resources um, in there. And it's called Mindful of Christ dash improving mental health. So, um, yeah welcome in there and yeah it's just a safe space for everybody to support and encourage each other um and yeah the website where you can get in contact with me so you can contact me on social media or the website is mindfulofchrist.net um and there is a contact page on there as well and access to the shop and links to the books which are on Amazon as well so um yeah indestructible faith prayers and prompts for journaling on Amazon or the first one which I didn't really mention but is Christian-based cognitive behavioral therapy and that's on Amazon too but can be accessed through the website as well awesome that is so good mindful m-i-n-d-f-u-l of Christ, C-H-R-I-S-T dot net. Lauren Ross Kelly, what a pleasure. What an honor. Thank you today for joining me on the Intentional Encourage podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I've enjoyed our conversation. Thanks, Brian. My thanks as always to producer Bryce Sexton and technical advisor Matt Means. And the ultimate thanks goes to the Lord Jesus Christ who provides intentional encouragement every day through his word. And until next time, remember, everyone, everywhere, at any time, and any place can be an intentional.